Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love holiday specials. I don't even care if they're cheesy. I love all holiday specials. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. About to start just binging the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. You know my favorite part of Rudolph? I don't know if you remember this, y'all. Go watch the original Claymation Rudolph. Because after um, they fight with the, like, the abominable snowman, the narrator says, and then they took the women home to get them, or what I, god damn it, what is the line? They took the women back to Christmas Town where it was safe, or something like this, very specifically, like we had to get the women back to the home where, like, oh, where they belonged. No. <laughs> oh, man. It's so. Uh, you gotta watch it. My, it's. I was something. I watched this a couple years ago with a buddy of mine, and he quoted it as it happened. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, it's fuck it." And there's like two. There's two lines, oh, two no. parts where the narrator has like outrageously sexist narration lines where you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, this clearly came out in the. Whoa! 50s. Not cool. No. <laughs> Did the movie come first or the song came first? I'm I think, sure. I think it went like hand in hand. Potentially, I, I think it was the same thing. Like the song all. came out with the movie. Yeah, I think that's how. I don't know for exactly, but I think that's the case. But you got lots anyway. of other great holiday specials yeah. that aren't quite as poorly Terrible. dated. Um, but it's really funny to me now looking at some of the specials, like um, Charlie Brown Christmas, where mm-hmm. they talk about the nativity story and they like sure Christmas do. is about Jesus, and mm-hmm. I'm like, they wouldn't, no one would make something like this nowadays. I don't know. Unless they were obviously like something sponsored by a Christian organization, but like you don't see a lot of that. A lot of it, a lot of now Christmas specials are like, it's about family and being together and like the, and giving and and charity and that kind of thing. And I'm all for that. It's just so interesting to me that some of them have this underlying like, I mean, it's all about Jesus. There's good Christian morals, the nativity, sending the women back to Christmas town. Anyway, welcome to the Feeny Call. Anyway, uh, here we are. This I'm is the Feeny Call. I'm Megan. I'm Skylar. And we're talking about we're talking about season two, episode ten, Sister Teresa of Boy Meets World. Yes. Um, it is my turn, turn for the recap. Thirty seconds on the jumbotron. Paint that in your mind. Do we have one of those? <laughs> we obviously we could don't. probably replace that ceiling uh, fan with one. <clears throat> <clears throat> So Corey's being a real bitch and his mom is like, be polite. And he's like, fine, I'll be polite. So he's polite at school and he bumps into this girl and picks up her book. And she's like, wow, you're polite. You're going to take me on a date. Cool. And so then they start going out and her name's TK. And then he's like, wow, TK's really into me. It's a little much. I think I'm going to tell her to slow down. And then he finds out TK is actually Harley's sister. And Harley's like, go be polite to my sister. And she's all over him. And Harley's like, I'm going to kill you for being all over my sister. And he's like, no, 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 no. It was, she was on me. And he's like, all right, fine. Respect women. I don't know. I don't know if that's really how it ends. It's not quite. All right, fine. Respect women. I saw that I was running out of time, and I figured I needed a button. That was good. Um, that was priceless. Is there, yeah, that's that's more or less what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a B-plot that I missed? No. Not really. It's not all, really at all. It's all just Corey and TK. Yeah. And that's it. Pretty much. 
Great. Let's talk. Anyway, about it. let's, let's get it. into it. You got a trivia bit? I do. Uh, ta 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 ta. So it's actually about TK. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like she, I, I just, I like her. I do too. I just she's enjoy funny. her. So her name is Daniela Harris. Mm-hmm. She's actually known. Um, pretty. She's pretty much built her life around, or built her career, I should say, around horror movies. Oh. She's starred in like every horror movie known to man and so she's kind of known as like the modern day scream queen but in the mid 1990s so probably around this time maybe later Mm -hmm. than this where this is 94 so Mm -hmm. in the mid 1990s she was stalked by an obsessed fan this person wrote letters threatening to kill her and eventually was arrested for bringing a shotgun to her house fuck (laughs) so she has quite an interesting history it's fucking scary yeah she's uh, wow. such a cutie though I do she's love great. TK I like her a lot. she does a good job but you, I mean you think about it she's probably I don't know how old she is when she, they're filming this but she looks young so she's probably like 15 16 yeah. and she has an obsessed fan who shows up at her house with a shotgun Fuck. that's people terrifying are, people are crazy people are crazy Yikes. I'm glad she's okay yeah jeez uh, I like this episode. It's so fun. I do too. It's a good one, mm-hmm. and it's good stuff. What did you learn, Megan? I learned that politeness is all good and fine, but eventually, it well, it can only go so far, and then eventually, honesty has to take over. You can get too much of a good thing? Yes. <laughs> uh, it has to, yeah. Honesty has to take over, or the politeness becomes disingenuous. Yeah, I mean, fuck politeness, as, as our- As MFM says, as our fuck politeness. resident podcast heroes say. Because obviously, if a girl drops her book, yes, you should pick it up. I, that's just a polite thing to do. Person drops their person, book. Yes. <laughs> if a person drops their book, you should pick it up. That's just a nice thing to do. However- it gets to a point where it starts spiraling out of control and then Corey is just doing things to be polite and yeah. not because he actually wants to do them. And or, it almost gets him killed. Yeah, and it almost gets him beat up by Frankie. So Push politeness away. You don't know stranger <laughs> shit. Politeness kills. Listen, I, I have, you don't know stranger shit. Be, be kind. Be mm-hmm. respectful. Mm-hmm. But like, if this, this dude's weirding you out, mm-hmm. fuck off. Yep. You know? You, Get out of yeah, there. Yeah, you don't owe anything to anyone. You don't owe that stranger shit. Especially, well, and especially in a dating situation in this case, because Corey, I feel like, is into her, but because he's not honest with her and tells her to like, hey, you need to chill out and maybe not graffiti my name onto lockers that gets me a detention somehow. Yeah. He, it turns into a bigger deal than it should have been. It's true. I mean, listen, my, my, my hero Paddington always says, if we're kind and polite, then the world will be right. Uh, and I was, that is, that is a, a motto by which we should all live our lives. Mm-hmm. But if your politeness is, is groundless and you're doing it because the concept of politeness is something like you think you have to do, mm-hmm. then like, that's not really polite. No. And also if it is clearly an unsafe situation, mm-hmm. then you don't have to be polite. No. I would like to point out my, one of my big takeaways actually has to do with like familial relationships and how this episode does a great job of, of valuing like a non-traditional home life mm-hmm. and, and showing some of the hardships that can come with that, but also how that can really like create amazingly strong familial ties mm-hmm. uh, between Harley and TK. And that story she tells about being left at the ballpark. And, oh, and how sad. So sad. So real. Yeah. And I think that's one of the main things that I do appreciate about this show is 
even though it's not very diverse um, as far as like race goes, we still have a lot of different family dynamics. How Sean's mom yeah, we get, we see a lot of socioeconomic statuses yeah. at least, which Sean, is a nice yeah. thing. Uh, we get yeah, kind of Sean who is less privileged than Corey and his dad runs away his mom runs away he's got all of that we've got the in a couple episodes we have the girl whose father is abusive Mm -hmm. so we have a couple different dynamics we also have Angela who's upset at her mom for leaving Mm -hmm. and then has a dad in the military and Topanga's parents who get divorced way later in life after their kids are grown and out of the house we have a lot of different things happening in this, in yeah, the, over the I mean, like, series. listen, they're, Harley and TK's dad should be arrested for child abandonment. Oh, one hundred percent, child endangerment. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let me that's leave so my literal eight-year-old at a ballpark. Yep. Like that's abandonment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that man should have been tracked down and arrested. Yep. No, I, I think it's great. I love, I love the relationship with Harley and TK in this episode. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I love that TK. In a lot of ways, she feels like she's always making fun of Harley. Yes. <laughs> like, just by the, the, the way she acts. Like, I get it that that's, like, the character they're creating because of this family. But at the same time, it feels like she's a joke on a joke, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a bad hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. It works. I don't know. Um, it's good. It's good stuff there. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot, of, a lot of good learning to be had. And we don't okay. have Topanga at all in this episode. No Topanga. Here's the crazy thing to me, though. We talk about their family dynamic. And I don't know, they talk about kind of the, her mom being, uh, you can assume a drunk because she's like, yeah, I called she my implies. mom and she was, she was not, blah, blah, blah. Right. She says something about like her not being. Maybe her mom remarried or... into money because she's sending Corey these steaks and this giant bouquet. Ooh, that's not my you inference. You think she's. My inference is that this is, Harley has her involved in nefarious operations <laughs> well like so here's the thing i knew someone mm-hmm. whose older brother sold drugs mm-hmm. and she got involved with it when she was probably like 12 or 13 mm-hmm. where he would use her as like delivery and oh, like God. she would get paid but um, here's the thing about well and it could be something similar but I don't think Harley in any way would put her in a dangerous situation as sure. to be giving her drugs to go true. give to somebody else because their relationship maybe Harley just too. gives her like a lot of allowance well know, yeah from he probably gives her a cut right if he, if he we, so we can agree Harley sells there. drugs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, most that, that much we can agree yeah. on is that he is selling drugs um but yeah, I think that either she has just ties everywhere because of what he, because of him as a person, or maybe she has a rich little stepdad who's given her some. She can just like ring out the if mom's yeah, a drunk. Maybe maybe they're getting a lot of money in alimony that they just that take also, from mom because mom's a drunk and they just take it. That also, but I was like, how is she right? Sends this, steaks, sends yeah, lobsters, sends gets everything and who is just, they are so delivered. Low-key. By Uncle Mike. Yeah. But he's not Uncle yep, Mike. Yeah, but he's not. A, he's Tony in this episode. Oh, man. Maybe a twin? Question no. mark? <laughs> it makes, he's like the same character, too. Oh, yeah. He's, he's plays it mm-hmm. the same. The exact same. Like, later when we meet him as Uncle Mike, mm-hmm. it is exactly the same character mm-hmm. in every way. Yes. But. Well, and we've already met him as Uncle Mike. Season one. At the, when they go to uh, get the Matthews car out of the. 
Tim Kelly. Oh my God, yeah. you're right. We've he already, already has him. been Uncle Mike. Yep. That's so. That's come on. We'll see him again when Corey <laughs> does his documentary. We'll see him later as Trail Uncle Park, Mike again. It's so funny to me. Fuck. We see him as Uncle Mike a couple of times. Couple later of after times. this, I think. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Come on, y'all. <laughs> it's the same thing as like Lenny, how he shows up in the first season as the assistant manager, and then he'll show up again as the as the um, guy in the store. Oh. We yeah. got. We got a. Th- that's probably the trickiest part about this show because. is the inconsistencies with side characters. You're telling me there's not enough actors, like, right? <laughs> like you right? couldn't find someone else. There wasn't possibly another actor who could have done it, right? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. I know. Um, but yeah, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, it's Uncle Mike. Yeah, it's Uncle Mike. Um, but what in? Honestly, why does Corey get detention for her graffitiing the lockers? That's mi- yeah, right. Like that's fucked up. That's Feeny. so weird. Come on. Come also, on. there isn't anyone else in that school whose initials are CM. You don't got like a Carter, right? Misanthrope, or even another Matthews, like right. a Christine Matthews. Or... Yeah, there's got to be another. Um, well, as we said last time, it must be a very small student body, right? Which, like, I mean, actually, that tracks because they're graduating class. When they, can fit in season on that five stage. fits on that stage, which it it's, was like the size of my graduating class. It's like class. thirty people. Yeah, you know, like there's there's no more than fifty people in their no. graduating class. No. So this probably is a whole student body of like four hundred. Which is crazy to me because it's a public school, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. My graduating in, class in was over four hundred people. Yeah, well, I went to a private school and my graduating class was sure. seventy. So, oh, did we? What? We didn't talk in the last episode about the door. Did we see it in the last episode? I don't think we'll ever see it. I don't. It doesn't. No, we do. No, we see it in this one. Yeah, it's the boys' bathroom. It's in this the boys' one. bathroom in this one because Corey opens it for Eric. Yes. And he's like, "Anything else?" And he's like, "No, I can take it from here." Tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that, that he's funny. like, he, "What did he do for Turner?" And Turner was like, "What?" And he was like, "Tell oh, my mom." He like says, "Bless you." Oh right? yeah, he's yeah. like, "Bless you." Or Feeney sneezes and he says, "Bless you." Yes, that's right. Such a child thing to do. Be like, I'm being good. Let my mom know so I can play my video games. The crazy thing about TK to me, though, is how at one point I I kind of had to step back because I think she like she's such a sweet she's such a sweetie and she's able to be vulnerable with Corey and she's mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know she's just kind of stereotypical like teenage girl gets carried away whatever but at one point she is manipulating him Mm -hmm. by buying him all these things Mm -hmm. and holding that over his head these are not gifts that she is giving with no strings attached it's almost like she is trying to buy his affection and then gets mad when he is not receiving them as she hoped I see it all it's kind of it's really sad in my opinion Mm -hmm. because what you what we're really seeing is a girl who experiences no kindness no uh from anybody really other than her brother mm-hmm. um and she she doesn't believe that people are kind mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the second she does experience really base level kindness mm-hmm. she feels like she needs to lock that down yeah and and the only way she can think to do that is like she she can't possibly come up with some other way Mm-hmm. Then to, to like, shower him then to presents. yeah, like she can't think of another way to like appreciate and and like lock in that kindness than to deliver gifts because that's probably the only affection she's ever received from anybody has been like a gift, well, like a birthday gift, and she has no idea yeah. that like there's another way for in which you could reciprocate. It's curious to me also the fact that she kind of throws herself at. 
Corey because, again, if she has not received any sort of kindness, she could be under the impression that that is another way to keep someone around. Yeah. Is to just kind of throw yourselves throw yourself at them. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, she clearly has an abandonment fear. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and so, like, she's trying so hard to, mm-hmm. to make sure that like, he doesn't leave. Like, it's all really sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all tracks, like, psychologically with mm-hmm. her backstory to be like, oh, I was abandoned at eight years old. Yeah. And ha- my mom is a drunk, and I have no idea what, like, a decent relationship between uh, uh, two loving partners looks like. The only thing I know is that, like, my stepdad buys my mom lots of nice things, you know? And, like... See? There is a stepdad. No, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, no, she says my, 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 my real dad or my biological dad. Like, she says something. Yeah, like... Which my, does then imply that she has, she a, stepdad. has a stepdad. So, like, that's probably true. Like, the, her mom and her stepdad's relationship is probably only based in, like, he buys my mom lots of pretty things mm-hmm. and my mom is, like, still a drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's... The only thing she knows is that, like, he showers her with gifts. Yeah. And otherwise, I have no other basis for what a functional relationship looks like. So that's what I'm going to do to you. And please, you better not leave or I'll kill you because I'm scared of that. Like, it's clearly a fear reaction because that's what she had. Like, the show does not often set up its, like, reasoning and psychological ideals behind secondary characters nearly as well formulated as this one actually works. I was going to say, this one and the girl who is... Um, abused by her father. Yes. That one tracks pretty well too. Right. Yeah. It all just actually makes sense mm-hmm. that like this character who we only spend this episode with, we don't see her again. Yeah. <clears throat> but like she's so well defined in this episode. Mm-hmm. She creates a really well-rounded character that like this actress does a nice job of letting us know a lot about her mm-hmm. uh, and, and tells a lot in, in this 20 minute episode and we learn so much about her and it all like makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, none of it's like, oh, we had to shoehorn a reason for her to be mad about like this in here. Like it all just tracks. Yeah. Good on them. Good job. And it felt Crazy. there. I mean, it it was obviously they had to get it out of her for plot's sake that she was abandoned at this baseball game. Like she's being very vulnerable for being as as jaded as mm-hmm. she's is. So that kind of that was the only thing where I was like, she's being very honest with him sure. for her just not this is not a normal thing for her. But I think again, base level kindness probably is enough for her to. Right. She doesn't experience anything else. And then she throws herself at him. Mm -hmm. So like aggressively and physically that again, all she probably knows is like, here's gifts and now we have sex. Yep. Like that's, that's that's the only, that's that's the part of the relationship. I, I give you lots of gifts and you have sex with me. But it's very interesting to me that she never really brings her brother into it. He inserts himself into the situation, mm-hmm. but she's never like, and my brother is going to kick your ass if you decide to dump me or whatever. Mm-hmm. She like, she walks away from it. She's like, you don't want to be with me? Fine, jackass. And like walks away. Mm-hmm. But she's not like, well, my brother's going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. She, she is, which is very... I mean, I appreciate that about her. It definitely shows like a big brother protective. Sure. Like, this is my little sister. You don't fucking mess with that. Right. Well, and I think like that to that end, it, the end, towards the end of the episode when Harley and Corey are talking and he turns around and asks the group of guys, like, anybody, any of you know TK? Oh my God. He fast like she says he is. <laughs> or like he says she is. And they're all like, yeah. And that like, that upsets me so much. Yep. That, like, here are all these dudes that are apparently just like, oh, yeah, TK is great for a quick blowjob. Like, yep. 
Uh, it's sad. And, I hate and it. my heart breaks for Harley in that situation. Right. No one wants to hear that about their right. sister. Right. The last thing you want to hear is that, like, oh, my sister is so damaged that she, like, doesn't know anything about this and is just, like, letting all these dudes do whatever they want with and her. And granted, it's acceptable if she just enjoys having sex. That's fine. That's great. Sure. But from what we understand of her backstory, it right. comes from a deeper yeah, place. Yeah, she's, she's throwing herself at these dudes, not because, yeah. like, she wants to have sex with mm-hmm. them because she likes sex. She's yeah. throwing them because, like, that's what you do and you got to keep things around. Yeah. Because, yeah, I we're saying all of this like, oh, she's definitely doing this because she's blah, blah, blah. You can obviously be a female and enjoy sex and yeah, all of that stuff. Absolutely. But also, this is a very young age to be... Right. It's all... It, it all, like, psychologically, again... Checks out. Checks out that, like, she, she you know, doesn't have the sort of respect for that mm-hmm. or for herself because, again, all she knows is this imagined relationship we've now made up between her stepdad and her mom. (laughs) I was going to say, what if this is totally, I mean, some of this is speculation. Sure. But like we can imply there is a stepdad and we can imply that her mom is drunk. Those things are implied in the show. Yes. She, she indicates that. And then like, if we're to understand like, where does a child learn how to manage a relationship? It's from watching and observing any sort of quote unquote, loving relationships Mm -hmm. in their lives. And, then they model that behavior the way they learn anything and so like the way she deals with this and also it's not like Harley has any successful relationships he eventually has that one chick that follows him around and yells at him but Mm -hmm. like he doesn't really have any sort of well and Harley says that like he late as of late hasn't been there around for her obviously like it's kind of a joke but at the same time like he Mm -hmm. clearly feels bad that he hasn't been around for her ugh and that's got to be, I mean, d- digging into Harley's character, that's got to be such an issue for him that he feels like he's failing her. Oh, yeah. That he finds out that she's been in all of these, like, uh, flings and he, she's mm-hmm. kind of been making some questionable decisions right, as like a 12-year-old. like all these guys in schools have had sex with her or whatever. Yeah. Or like, and or maybe not even had sex. sexual done, things yeah. with her. And he probably feels like he failed her. And that's something that's probably yeah. tricky for him to. Yeah, it's got to be tough. Because to again, with. more power to her if she's mm-hmm. in control and doing what yeah. she wants to do. But it, it seems like an emotional response to bad situations, not yes, not a positive response Mm-mm. to to stimulus. Mm-hmm. So, damn, it's a good episode. I love I love Harley in this episode. I love vulnerable Harley. I do too. He's great. He is really great. We don't see him that often. No. But he's still great. Mm-hmm. And it, it leads, like, later on when he's, like, the janitor in Girl Meets World. Yes. And he has, like, a lot of wonderful introspective or kind of things and offers advice in the world. I'm like, yeah. And that's one of the things, another thing that's that great. I love about this show is even the bullies are well-rounded. It's tr- Yeah, the even fucking bully the, characters yeah. are built out. Yes. And have, like, stories. Like, we learn yeah. a lot about Frankie. Yes. And his home life. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, I think Frankie's probably the most... Flushed, flushed out, out of, of, them, of them, then Harley, then Joey. Well, and Harley leaves, so. Yeah. I would say Griff isn't really, Griff is the only one who doesn't really have much of yeah, a backstory. Yeah, we don't learn a lot about it. we also don't see a He's lot He's only around for a couple episodes. Yeah. But we learn a lot about Frankie mm-hmm. and a lot about Harley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Who's, oh, your, uh, who's your MVP? It's Corey. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The reason being because... Because I was kind of going to make it Harley. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about it. 
But again, going back to like who really did the most in this episode and Corey kind of did the most because he stood up to TK when Mm -hmm. it was too much. He was like, this cannot continue like this. And then of course got kind of bullied into going on another date. But Mm -hmm. even as he goes on the other date, she, he's kind of like, what's, what's going on? What's really underneath all of this? And he gets her to open up to him, but not in a, any sort of like, tell me all your secrets kind of way. It's just a genuine interest in her as a person, which she obviously has never experienced before. Right. And then he is, as she starts throwing herself at him, he's not like, oh yeah, girl's into me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, 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 let's stop. Let's slow down. We should be friends right. first. Let's get to know each other. Let's get bit. to know each other a little bit. And then maybe I'd be interested in this with you, but mm-hmm. like, I, this is not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And he makes that clear to her. It's not clear to Harley, obviously. Sure. But, um, yeah, he does a really, I think he handles the whole situation very well without like an outside source because we don't get a lot of Alan and Amy in this episode being like, you have to blah, 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 blah. We get a lot of them being like, you have to tell her that this is not okay. Right. But they don't tell him what to say. They don't mm-hmm. give him the, especially before his date, they don't tell him what to say. They don't give him any sort of mm-hmm. guidance in that he just goes on the date and right. handles himself incredibly well for under the circumstances sure. Sure. I want to jump in a little bit back mm-hmm. uh, to right before he goes on the date I love that scene when he's in his dumb suit oh he's like God. how do I look Eric's like a ventriloquist on me yes <laughs> there's a, just a really funny like uh, oh, I'm trying to make myself as unappealing as possible good play to your strengths yep. like it is zinger after zinger Eric's good. from Eric in that bit, and that—that's I laughed out loud. Like, mm-hmm. oh, good, play to your strengths. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so my MVP is Harley. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought that it was a really great Harley episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, they still like it's all weird. Like, why is he the strange 1950s greaser bully? Yeah, thing? it's always. But curious. I just like his the how much he he cares about his sister mm-hmm. is great, and and. That like he went and before Corey even knows TK is related to Harley, Harley is immediately like kind Mm -hmm. to Corey out of respect for Mm -hmm. his sister. Like he clearly doesn't care for this human being. Yes. But the second his sister is being like second she's happy and showed an interest in this person, he's like, then I need to respect this person. Yes. And I think that's cool. Like he, we have we have historically obviously know that he doesn't respect him but the yes. second that it's important to his sister then he's like I will do that for you yeah you know like it's clearly for her and that's just that's it's a good guy yeah he cares he's about his sister guy. he's a good guy it's just move on his bud his dad left them his mom's drunk yeah they have they both have a uh, quite a history I mean again so. like having that parental situation honestly kind of checks out for Harley <laughs> like yep Oh, dad left. Mom's a drunk. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do except take those out on other people? Mm-hmm. No one's taking me to therapy. Espe- yeah, <laughs> well, especially as a teenager, right. I feel like you can obviously grow and evolve. I have no guidance. All I've done now, like, yeah, and then eventually, sure, great. Mm-hmm. He grows up. He gets a job. He gets He's the, a yeah. decent human being. He has friends. It's great. Him and Corey are buddies when mm-hmm. Corey's teaching at the school. And, and he must be doing and... well if he's living in New York. Yeah. He must be getting. It's true. That I mean, money. He's a janitor in New York. I don't yeah. know how much that pays. But. I mean, probably not super well, but sure. he's able to still sustain a life in New York sure. if he moved up there for this job or whatever. Corey gave him a job, and here yeah. he is. He doesn't, tell, doesn't sell drugs anymore? Hopefully not. 
can't be certain. But, but you well, know, never, hopefully never has a, not. Never has a drug episode, which is interesting. Not really. Never an alcohol episode. Never, yep. never have a drug episode. I, I yeah. Mean, got a couple of alcohol episodes, but. Drugs were, I feel like, a different beast in the 90s than they yeah. are now. Saved by the Bell had a drug. There were a lot of drug episodes that it was like vague. I mean, I guess there were a lot of More cigarette, cigarette episodes, cigarette episodes than drug episodes. episodes. Yeah. You're right. There were a lot of cigarette episodes that were... Because that's when everyone was like, oh, smoking isn't good for you. Right. Oh, we should stop. Saved by the Bell had a drug episode. I remember you talking about this, yeah. <sighs> I love it. So good. I kind of wish they did, but at the same time, I think this dealt with... This show dealt with sex more than other it does shows have a lot of sex in the '90s, which I think there was a lot of sex. I think they played that up more. Discussion. Yeah, I think they played that up more than the drug thing because other shows were doing the drugs. They were doing the cigarettes. They were yeah. doing like that. And well, and I mean, if we're being if more. we're doing like an honest analysis, then this upper middle class white family is is just not going to be as encumbered or frequented by drugs. True. Yeah. It's just like it's not to say that it'll never turn up in their lives, mm-hmm. but like Corey as our main character and his set of friends are just less likely to to be uh, Sean would be the offered drugs to basically just yeah. because that's how we have institutionalized this, yeah, <clears throat> um, and that we have created systems that keep drugs amongst people of color and, and poverty and committing all kinds of bullshit I, acts of aggression towards yeah. those people. I do actually appreciate though, because if we did have a drug episode, it would probably go a lot like the alcohol episode did. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they're not beating like, yeah, I mean, it would be, I'm sure it would be similar until it's We're completely like, overused. Sean would still be interested in drugs and yep. And then Corey would either get involved or he'd be like, don't do that. And then right. Sean wouldn't do it. And right. or I guess a, a cigarette episode would have made more sense. Yes. I'm sure I'm surprised there was never a cigarette episode with Sean. I am too a little bit. But again, I feel like it would just be the the alcohol episode times 2 and so I appreciate the fact that they d- decided to Well, see, I mean the interesting thing though, like things. if you do a cigarette episode versus the alcohol episode, like if there had been a cigarette episode, like your their behavior, like the, the problem is Sean is like he's constantly intoxicated now. And he is being belligerently drunk. Whereas if it were a cigarette episode, oh, it would yeah. be about like, this is bad for your health kind of thing. And yeah. you would have to take a turn where it was like, now he's got a health scare or something. Well, and I think cigarettes would have been a little harder because Sean didn't start drinking. Corey did. Right. So drugs would have been harder because it's when I, I, I'm not addicted to cigarettes, so I can't speak to this, but uh, it's way more common for you to get out of a relationship and start drinking than it is for you to start smoking. Um, sure. so especially in the nineties when yeah, it was yeah. like, this is bad for you. Don't do this. Right. And Corey's still living under his parents' roof. Right, right, right. Um, they might not, well, it's also a lot easier to identify if someone's smoking cigarettes versus drinking. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's just interesting. Things where it's it. a li- there's more of a shock value in them drinking, especially since right. well, it wouldn't some, have been Sean doing it. Corey some started more immediate it. effects. Yeah. If the idea was like we're trying to show how this is negatively impacting your relationships, mm-hmm. like it takes a while for you to be addicted to cigarettes to that mm-hmm. to start negatively impact your relationships. Yeah, Whereas but like alcohol is pretty. We need a weekend of you showing us how mm-hmm. alcohol is detrimental to your relationships, which it is, kids. If you abuse alcohol, it well, is, can be very detrimental. And if they were close to, uh, is this their senior year? They might have already turned. What when Sean when they drink? When they drink, it's their yeah. senior year, yeah. Because they might have already turned eighteen at that point, and that in that case, cigarettes are not illegal. Right, they could have been smoking. They could have been smoking 
and you just it's everything's fine but yeah. obviously drinking at that age is illegal so right, that, right. another we've got the another. shock of the the drunkenness and then the shock of the yeah. illegality of all of it so anyway guess we're done with this one anything that doesn't hold up just um, check out i really like sean in the locker at the end by the way that's also something oh i didn't say but so at the right time yeah you're nothing kinder whatever <laughs> so funny Corey. well and I- what, what else do you do in that situation? You hear muffled talking outside of the locker and then all of a sudden nothing. And you're like, oh my God, Corey's dead. Right. He's dead. Clearly dead. Oh my God, he killed him. Oh my God. So Obviously you're like, dead. um. And then um, in our little credit scene with the dinner and the lobsters. Oh, you know, that's good. She, made, she sounded like she was like a Google assistant. Like how <laughs> like she was like, Mr. Matthews and Mrs. Mrs. Matthews, Matthews, thank you for inviting. Like... It was like I had she told, like, good. hey, Google, please remember this thing. Like, oh, yeah. She probably wrote it down. <laughs> right. Like, obviously, wrote it down on a note it's card funny. And was like, like, she rehearsed it. Looking at it. But now, watching it 20 years later, it's like, oh, she sounds like a smart speaker mm-hmm. assistant speaking, like a, a we have programmed response. Right. Yeah. It's funny. All right. Yeah, I love this episode. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It is a good time. They're at, they, they, there's a drive-in. There's all kinds of good oh, stuff. Oh, the drive-in. Which like also tracks for this whole like weird fifties motif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let's go to a drive in. Right. I love that Frankie is their chauffeur. And I love the fact that he's like, Nope, I made a promise, I'm not getting out of this car. And then she's like, snacks, and he's like, Oh my god, snacks. Snacks. Oh, but snacks, what am I supposed to do? How, like, I mean, what teenager is not motivated by snacks? What human being is say, not motivated by snacks? Twenty four years old and yeah. I still enjoy snacks. And I'm motivated by snacks. Yeah. That was the only problem with working in an office is people would bring in, um, they just bring in like donuts mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. there was a meeting of sorts, there'd be like pizza or sandwiches oh, yeah. in the back and I'd be like, I am gaining so much weight. I'm going to eat all that. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, every time I'm at the museum and there's food left over from an event or a meeting or something mm-hmm. and then like you get an email from HR that's like leftover donuts in the staff lounge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm racing the to lines. there. I get mine and then I walk around and I relieve the floor staff and be like, hey, go get a donut. Help yourself. But I like make sure I get me first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta take That's... care of number one. Um, uh-huh. Yes. All right. We're Precisely. on. It's it's the holiday season. Da, 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 Consider making da, da, da. your tax-deductible <laughs> charitable donations to at it. the Phoenix. Call. I knew it. Uh, no. That's a lie. It's not tax-deductible. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give us money, it's not tax-deductible. Unfortunately, no. You also don't have to. Thanks for listening. That's the best gift of all. That's the best gift uh, of all. Share with your friends. We hope you've been enjoying it. Share it with your friends. When you're at home and you're seeing that friend from high school and mm-hmm. you're having a beer because you feel like you need to get a little buzzed in order to share a conversation with them because sure. it's been like six years since yeah. you've seen them and you don't know what to talk about, let them know that you've been listening to this interesting new podcast yeah. about Boy Meets World. Yeah. Um, when called you inevitably, inevitably get into the conversation about uh, Disney Plus... You can just right. be like, like, guess what oh, I'm right. watching? Boy Meets World. Right. And I've actually been also listening to this podcast about sure. Boy Meets World. Or when you're gathered around the mm-hmm. table with your family and yeah. everyone's mad because it's 2019 and you don't agree on stuff. Yep. Just let them know that like, if they want to go and listen to something, mm-hmm. they could listen to this. And yeah. they're like, fuck you! You yep. fucking liberal <laughs> piece of shit. And you're like, all right, well, well, I tried. I tried. I tried. And then like, you're like, well, what about this? And they shoot, and someone else shoots back with like, well, fuck you, you stupid Republican piece of shit. And mm-hmm. everyone's unhappy, and everyone's yelling at each other. And the holidays are so fun. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was. You know what I am listening to? This is this is my recommendation for the week. Go listen to 
a it's a radio have I already done this have I talked about Dolly Parton's America <laughs> I don't, I, it sounds familiar right. but <laughs> so there is a there is a radio lab podcast being produced right mm-hmm. now called Dolly Parton's America it's uh, narrated and interviewed. It's it's Jab Abumrad, who is a, a like very well known Radio Lab host. Mm-hmm. Uh, did this whole like nine part series about Dolly Parton. Interesting. Uh, it started off with like he was very interested in figuring out why Dolly Parton mm-hmm. is um, so universally adored. Uh, it's really I enjoy it a lot. It's mm-hmm. very talk radio production heavy. It's really produced mm-hmm. with like a lot of sound effects and a lot of like underscoring mm-hmm. and like it's very like they want you to listen to it with headphones and like be in this world clearly, yeah. which like I, I enjoy that I respect it it's great and I really love listening to it. Um, I'm a big Dolly Parton fan myself. <clears throat> used to have season passes to Dollywood. Southerner. So that's my recommendation. Go listen to Dolly Parton's America. And when your family's losing their shit this holiday season because no one can find something to talk about that they agree on, talk about Dolly Parton. Yeah, everyone will agree. It's true. She's great. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all um, that to say. All that to say. Class Follow dismissed. Us on- what? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I thought we already did that. Did we? I don't know. Follow us on social media. Like, share, subscribe, twat, yeah. twit. What? Tweet. <laughs> Tweet. Dear God. Um, yeah. Like, Twitter, share, subscribe. Instagram, Facebook. At the Feeny Call or at the Feeny Call Podcast, you know. Gmail. Gmail. Send us an email. And in case nobody's told you today that they love you, we do. Yes. Thanks for listening. Yes, it's the greatest gift of all this holiday season. Yes. Money's also cool. Oh my God. <laughs> Class dismissed.